You love with a father's tenderness, a mother's zeal. Move now in our hearts. Breathe through the words we hear, the songs we share, the burdens we carry, until we discover our purpose in your liberating love. For we long to join creation's praise and to shine with the mercy of the Christ, in whose name we pray, Amen. Our first reading today comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 28, verses 10 through 19. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night, because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a stairway set up on earth, the top of it reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob woke up from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel. Holy wisdom, holy word.
Thank you, Taylor. Those of you who don't know Taylor, Taylor's grown up here and is headed to college here in, uh, I'm sure, a few short weeks, and we're going to miss him greatly, and so uh, has played many a Christmas Eve service, comes to youth group every single week, uh, and we will miss him greatly, but uh, thankful for one uh, gift before, before you go. Now, you'll come back, of course, but you know, thank you. Our gospel reading for this morning is from John chapter 1, verses 43 to 51. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. When he saw Nathanael coming toward him, Jesus said of him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Rock of Israel and cornerstone of our common life. You are not bound by our visions, our structures, our doctrine. We cannot predict your coming or going, yet you have given us your story, your family, your work to do. Meet us here, shape us for your service in your world for we carry the name of Jesus and live by the power of your breath. Amen. Have you ever been to a thin place? I'll bet you have. Thin places are those in which Heaven and earth overlap places where you suddenly realize that you are standing on holy ground. The Celts say that heaven and earth are only three feet apart, but in thin places the distance is even shorter. Now perhaps you've been in a thin place, well, in some majestic view of nature, perhaps it was in the delivery room, or perhaps you were in the middle of a busy city street like Thomas Merton. On March 15, 1958, Merton was walking in downtown Louisville, already a world-famous monk and author and spiritual teacher, but something happened to him that day that changed him forever. He said, in Louisville, at the corner of 4th and Walnut, in the center of the shopping district, I was suddenly overwhelmed by the realization that I loved all of these people, that they were mine and I was theirs. 
that we could not be alien to one another even though we were total strangers. It was like waking from a dream of separateness, of self-isolation. This sense of liberation from an illusory difference was such a relief and a joy to me that I almost laughed out loud. I have the immense joy of being a man, a member of a race in which God himself became incarnate. As if the sorrows and stupidities of the human condition could overwhelm me now that I realize what we all are. And if only everybody could realize this. But it cannot be explained. There is no way of telling people that they are walking around shining like the sun. Then it was as if I suddenly saw the secret beauty of their hearts. The depths of their hearts which neither sin nor desire nor self-knowledge can reach. The core of their reality. The person that each one of us is in God's eyes. If only they could all see themselves as they really are. If only we could see each other that way all of the time. Merton found himself in a thin place, just like many people before him and since. Julian of Norwich, Teresa of Avila, Blaise Pascal, and that rascal, Jacob. All these people living their lives when suddenly the presence of God so overwhelmed them that they were never the same again. Well, in today's reading, Jacob finds himself a fugitive. Last week, we witnessed him take advantage of his hungry older brother Esau, trading a bowl of red lentils for Esau's birthright. And if that wasn't enough, afterwards, Jacob and his mother Rebekah trick the elderly Isaac into unintentionally blessing Jacob instead of Esau. It is a memorable and heartbreaking tale. When Esau finds out what happens, he weeps bitterly and begs his father to give him a blessing too. And having been twice swindled, Esau vows to kill Jacob. So Jacob gets out of Dodge. And that's where we find him today. On his way to his uncle's home in Haran, Jacob finds himself in the middle of nowhere a fugitive of his brother's wrath, wandering through the wilderness, he makes camp nowhere special, cozies up for a good night's sleep with a nice stone for a pillow, and while he's sleeping, something happens to him. See, Jacob is not looking for God, yet in this moment of profound vulnerability, God meets Jacob in a dream. Throughout the Bible, God meets people in their dreams. My therapist once told me that our dreams never lie to us, which I find to be both comforting and disturbing, depending on the content of the dream I've just had. But for thousands of years, people have found that their dreams speak to them in ways that their waking minds simply cannot. And that's what happens to Jacob. 
He sees the stairway to heaven. Any uh, Led Zeppelin fans out there? Yeah, where do you think they got the idea? So Jacob sees these angels, these messengers of God, going up and down the stairs. Weird enough for you yet? Of course it's weird. It's dreams. Everything in dreams are weird. But think about the imagery. What would it mean if there was a stairway to heaven in which God's messengers moved up and down? Well, that would mean that heaven and earth connect with each other. Heaven is God's space, holy space, and in Jacob's dream, he sees that space connects with earth. The space that God inhabits overlaps with the space that we inhabit. It's almost like you could say, oh, I don't know, the kingdom of God has come near. I seem to remember someone else who said that. An often overlooked looked aspect of Jacob's dream is that there are many messengers going up and down the stairs. And if all these messengers are from God, then we can assume that God is busy sending messages to all kinds of people, not just Jacob. And that, to me, is a great relief. See, just because God has chosen you doesn't mean that another person is somehow un chosen. Just because God reveals a message to Jacob doesn't mean that Jacob is the only one that God does this with. Now, there are many messengers in Jacob's dream, which means we can assume that God brings many different messages to all kinds of people in all kinds of ways. Now, consider what the dream says about heaven. Heaven is not a place that we go to when we die. Rather, heaven is about God's space entering our own. See, we, we have the directionality all mixed up. The dream is not to go to heaven. The dream is that heaven comes to us. Which kind of reminds me of something that I've prayed before. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Could it be that every week we are praying that Jacob's dream might come true in our lives, that heaven and earth might be one seamless reality? That's the mystical vision. Mystics throughout the ages have told us that this is the case, that God's reality and our own are not far apart, but overlap and intermingle, if only we have eyes to see, like Merton did. That heaven and earth are only three feet apart, but in thin places, the distance is even shorter. So God speaks to Jacob in this dream and promises to be with him, to protect him, and to bring him home. In the end, isn't that all any of us ever want? Presence, protection, and the promise of coming home. These are primal needs of every human heart, to know that we're not alone, to know that God will sustain us in our struggle, and to know that we are heading to a place where we have always belonged. What if God makes these promises not just to Jacob, but to each one of us? 
What if that's the point of the story, that when you enter a thin space, you stumble into heaven and you can see with your own eyes that God will never abandon you, will always sustain you, and will one day bring you home? And Jacob awakens from his dream and says, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And so he picks up his pillow stone and pours oil on it and names the place Bethel, the house of God, because in that place, heaven and earth are one. Have you ever felt that way? I'll bet you have. You're just busy living your life and suddenly you wake up to the fact that you're standing on holy ground. This is what the sacraments are meant to remind us of. And we come forward and take that little piece of bread and cup like you've done hundreds of times before. But then maybe on the way back to your seat you catch the eye of someone that you love and they smile at you. And you smile back at them. And then you suddenly realize this isn't just a group of people gathered together. No, this is the body of Christ. That Christ dwells with us and in us that we are eternally connected to one another. And this is true all the time. But in this moment, you suddenly see that this space is more than just that. It's holy ground. In our gospel reading for today, after amazing Nathaniel with his knowledge, Jesus then refers to Jacob's dream, saying, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. In other words, heaven and earth now connect in me. You don't have to climb a mountain. You don't have to take hallucinogens. Heaven and earth connect in Jesus. He is the thin place, the stairway to heaven. Do you want to know what heaven looks like? Just look at Jesus. Look at the way he treats us. And that's heaven. He says, you will see heaven and earth unite on the Son of Man, which is Jesus' favorite way of referring to himself. It's a cryptic phrase, this phrase, Son of Man. It can also just as easily be translated, the human one. I like that better. That Jesus is the human one. What humanity is meant to look like. That he is our origin and our destiny. He is the stand-in for all of us, which means because heaven and earth unite in him, they now unite in us as well. That each one of us is a thin place. We may not realize it. Most of the time, we don't. But God has come down the stairway to us, bringing heaven to earth giving us the same promises that God gave to Jacob to be with us always, to sustain us in our struggle and to bring us all home. By touching earth, 
in Christ. Now, all ground is holy ground. May God open our eyes to see what Jacob saw, to see what Merton saw, the immense joy of being a member of a race in which God has become incarnate, that each of us is walking around shining like the sun. May God open our eyes to what Jesus promised, that surely God is in this place. And 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 I didn't know it. Amen.